and so on this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family trained who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, and emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, by datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death. No end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, no non-attainment. Therefore, since, since the bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avogadeshvara, Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and noble Avogadeshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Shandara <laughs> 
So again, we will be uh, looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And this text is a commentary on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. And uh, Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment contains all of the teachings uh, in a summarized format uh, from the Kangjur, which are the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, which are the authentic Indian commentaries. Uh, and this is why uh, the um, Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment is compared to a great ocean. Uh, of instruction, that uh, all of the rivers uh, of the Kangjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, the authentic uh, Indian commentaries, flow into. So it's said that Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment contain all of those teachings uh, in a summarized format. Uh, and then Lama Tsongkhapa wrote other, uh, because of this, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa wrote other commentaries uh, on the stages of the path besides the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, uh, such as the uh, abbreviated stages of the path, the Lamrim Dudin, uh, or the, uh, and the middling stages of the path, uh, I'm sorry, Lamrim Din, the middle Lamrim, uh, and then other texts such as the, uh, um, the foundation of all good qualities, or it's uh, called the source of all my good uh, in the prayer book. So uh, all of these are uh, commentaries on this lamp for the path to enlightenment or on the stages of the path to enlightenment uh, teachings uh, and those teachings contain all of the great instructions. What that did was in London to that to the Jeetun Jeetun Chumun Chuma Tevashin Zababichewa Adisha Nantashi Marba Adisha Nantashi and then Damala Kuvachi was choosing Chewa and then Mm-hmm. 
So there are four categories uh, that begin the, the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment, and those are the uh, greatness of the teachings author, which uh, contains the liberation life story of Lord Atisha. Uh, the second category is the greatness of the teaching itself, uh, and there are four categories within that that show the uh, um, greatness of the teaching that the four greatnesses, rather, and the first is that it allows one to see that all the teachings are free of contradiction. Uh, the second is that it allows one to uh, um, uh, easily uh, um, uh, understand the conqueror's intent. Um, uh, I'm sorry, the, the second is that it allows one to see that all uh, the teachings are instructions to practice. The third is it allows one to um, easily uh, understand the conqueror's intent. Uh, and then the fourth is that it allows one to automatically refrain from the great uh, wrongdoing. So these are the four greatnesses of Atisha's uh, lamp. Uh, and then the next section is called the great way to listen to and explain the instruction. Uh, so how to listen to the teaching, how to give the teaching. And then the fourth category, how to lead students through the actual instructions of the teaching. So there are these four categories. <laughs> Okay. Um, so uh, then the third, the fourth section is the way to lead students through the actual instructions. Um, and uh, here there um, are two categories. First is how to rely on the teacher that is the root of the path. And then there are six categories that explain that. And then how to act, the next is how to actually sustain the meditation. And then uh, the categories of sustaining the uh, meditation and then refuting misconceptions about the meditation. Uh, and then within that, you have uh, the actual meditation sections, uh, uh, the, what you do during the actual session, and then the preparations for it uh, in the actual sessions. And then within that, you find the explanation of the six preparatory practices um, and so forth. So when you get to the next section on how one actually sustains the meditation on how to rely upon the guru, uh, it shows uh, that there are four preconditions that are causes for developing a, calm, a union of calm abiding and special insight, which is the, a concentration. And here, translators note we're speaking with the object of observation. In this case, is the uh, guru devotion or reliance upon the spiritual teacher. So how to sustain that meditation, how to achieve a union of calm abiding and special insight. So there are four preconditions that are causes. The first is restraining uh, one's sensory faculties. The second is acting vigilantly. The third is uh, having an appropriate diet or having appropriate food. 
and then the fourth is the uh, um, um, time to practice, try, not sleeping at the wrong time and acting appropriate at the time of sleep, acting appropriately at the time of sleep. So these are the four preconditions that become causes for Shine Dan Hatong, which is calm abiding and special insight. <coughs> So the first section, which is called Restraining the Sensory Faculties, uh, is referring to the different types of consciousness, uh, the sixth consciousness, uh, from the eye consciousness up to the mental consciousness. Uh, and here is a restraint um, uh, that is similar to um, that second noble truth uh, that um, uh, is the truth of origin. Um, and it was but it stated that origin is to be abandoned. And under uh, truth of origin, there are two categories, afflictions that are origin and karma that is origin. So here, uh, when we look at uh, the, the sense, sensory faculties and we look at the mind itself, uh, when one apprehends uh, something uh, that he or she finds attractive through any, among, any of uh, the six types of consciousness, um, then attachment arises, which is an affliction. When one sees something unattractive, then anger or aversion arises, uh, which is an affliction. So basically, afflictions arise, and afflictions are to be abandoned, uh, because they are origin. Categorically, afflictions are one of the categories of origin. Um, so here, one abandons it uh, through introspection to see what is arising uh, in the mind uh, relative to uh, the apprehension of various objects, if there is attachment or if there are afflictions that are arising. And if they are arising, arising uh, uh, through re if one realizes they are arising through his or her introspection, uh, then it's necessary to turn away from those afflictions, turn away from their sources and abandon them. <laughs> So the second is acting uh, with vigilance, and then there are the foundations in which you should act, and there are five uh, relative to coming and going or uh, movement, 
Uh, and then there are five related to uh, being in a, tent, a temple uh, or activities in a temple. And here, uh, one is always uh, checking uh, and being vigilant uh, through introspection uh, and, and mindfulness uh, whether one is engaging in virtue or uh, non-virtue. Uh, um, if one is uh, um, um, being careful uh, um, and, and uh, uh, uh, one needs to be careful uh, and, and always be mindful to make sure that one is engaging in appropriate behavior. Oggi the next is the, uh, <coughs> the category of appropriate food or appropriate diet. And here this is, uh, um, um, means eating food. Uh, appropriate here is referring to not eating too little, uh, and the next not eating too much, uh, not eating un unwholesome food, uh, and, uh, um, uh, and eating appropriate food that doesn't uh, cause afflictions to arise. So here this diet uh, section is referring to uh, what one should eat, what one shouldn't eat, eating enough, not uh, eating too much, etc. So in uh, Shanti Deva's Compendium of Trainings, uh, there is advice uh, related to eating uh, and receiving of uh, food as an offering. And first, uh, it says that one should think about the fact that one is benefiting the giver, uh, so that one, uh, by taking this offering and eating it, one is benefiting uh, the person uh, who gave it, uh, because they've been generous, so one is benefiting that person. Uh, second is that uh, one is being generous uh, to the microorganisms or bugs that live within one's body. One should imagine that he or she is feeding those microorganisms. And here it reads a little bit differently in the English section, um, but uh, Rinpoche is saying that it's an offering. One should think of, uh, as one is eating, that this food is nourishing these bugs, these microorganisms. microorganisms. Uh, and, uh, creating connections with them. And then the third is that uh, through these uh, aspirations that one is making uh, and uh, through receiving uh, uh, these um, offerings, one will be able to uh, uh, accomplish the welfare of sentient beings. So through this nourishment uh, um, and through this uh, uh, reception of the offering, one will be able to eventually uh, um, take care of the needs uh, of all sentient beings. Uh, 
Deri çok uzun ödülü, kung adıdı, katılmadı kung So it's very similar to uh, uh, the previous life story of Lord Buddha when he engaged in the generosity of giving his own flesh um, in a, a place in Nepal, uh, which is called the uh, um, uh, place where the Buddha gave uh, his generosity of giving his flesh. Um, he, Buddha came upon six uh, a mother and her six uh, uh, tiger or cubs, um, and they were hungry. Um, and Buddha actually um, gave his own flesh, um, took his own flesh off with a, a wood, <coughs> with a stick, um, and fed the uh, tiger, uh, mother tigress and uh, her cubs. Um, so this is called the generosity of uh, giving uh, the flesh, um, and of the body rather. Um, and then this created such a connection that uh, at the first turning of the wheel of Dharma, there were six students, and those six students were said to have been uh, Buddha's, uh, the, the six cubs that Buddha had fed with his own flesh. The name, the, um, the Amalapsan. And then uh, the mother um, is said to be Buddha's mother in his life. The, the, the tigress <coughs> uh, was reborn as Buddha's actual mother. Uh, in his lifetime, so you can see the, how the connection uh, is made um, around this generosity and food. So if uh, we um, have this idea, this um, being generous to the uh, and giving uh, food to the microorganisms in our body or the bugs within our body, then we're creating connections so that in the future. Uh, we will connect to them through the Dharma. Um, uh, connect. Uh, we will uh, connect to these beings through the teachings or through the Dharma. So we will become their uh, teachers. ແມ່ນໃຫ້ແມ່ນດີຈັ່ງຊາວຫວາດສະອັນນີ້ຊູກຄືສາຄະລາສາກິນະຊູບເພນໂຕແມ່ນແມ່ນແມ່ນໂ
so it's important uh, because we eat and drink so often uh, to utilize that time as an uh, opportunity to make offerings and uh, we will achieve um, uh, um, uh, it will be very powerful because of the amount of time that we spend engaging in these activities so by making aspirations while we're uh, eating and drinking uh, and offering them uh, they, it becomes very uh, powerful practice because of the um, uh, how, how much we do that every day so it's very easy to make an offering whether we're drinking tea or we're eating food we just first bless the food by uh, stating the uh, um, syllables uh, om ah hum, and then uh, we make an offering uh, in the similar to this. Uh, I offer this to the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, uh, after one has said the syllables om ah hum, and then this becomes an appropriate offering. Uh, and if we do this every time we eat and drink, uh, it would be very good. So every time we eat and drink, we ha um, get uh, accumulate virtue. So if we do this with a very broad way of thinking, a great way of thinking, then this becomes a a, a, a great dharma, or a, a dharma. A, a great vehicle dharma. If we do it with a medium uh, um, scope of mind, it becomes a, a medium scope dharma. And if we do it kind of with a small uh, range of mind or scope of mind, then this becomes a small scope dharma. So the offering uh, depends upon the, the scope of the mind doing the offering and its, and its kind of basis or motivation. Well, ニュアンネジュルジャマネジジャタシャワオトマルベタンガツニニワロロジャデヤヨバイナロンガチュニニワルマルベロンガチュニニヤヨバオンベトゥスワテニデゴアズマトバイナシカベジトンバニンサシナ
Um, so uh, if we, we, we think in those terms, we see that there's a, a lot of occasions uh, where this is happening. So um, it's said that it's important that uh, if before we go to sleep we're engaging uh, in virtue, such as doing mantric recitation uh, or um, meditating on the mind uh, that aspires to enlightenment, um, then this becomes a, a great vehicle dharma, um, uh, and our entire night's sleep becomes virtuous great vehicle dharma. Um, if we uh, have uh, on our mind renunciation or desire to definitely emerge, uh, then this becomes dharma that is shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Uh, and then if one is thinking of uh, renouncing the lower realms of cyclic existence, this becomes uh, dharma that is uh, shared in common with beings of small capacity. So depending on the motivation one has at the, before going to sleep, uh, um, that kind of dictates uh, what um, um, the kind of virtue is created uh, during the night's sleep uh, and what that virtue actually um, gives rise to in the future. Um, so it just depends upon the motivation of uh, the thoughts going on before sleeping. And if one, uh, uh, there are three possibilities uh, um, of uh, action during sleep. There is virtue, non-virtue, and neutral, or that which is not uh, in scripture. So in this uh, case, we're speaking of virtuous activities. And because we uh, uh, engage in sleep so much, if we know this, then we can turn in our entire night's sleep into a virtuous practice or into a virtuous time. So, now how to practice diligently without sleeping at the wrong time and how to pr act properly at the time of sleep. Um, and here is a quote from the friendly letter, uh, Nagarjuna's letter to a friend that was a letter written to the king, Dorje Sampo. Uh, um, and he was, there was advice given uh, about not sleeping during the day um, because you waste a lot of time doing that and that uh, it's a time that one can use for going for virtue and so forth. So here it says, O oh, reasonable one, after cultivating virtue all day. So here this is saying to cultivate virtue all day. Don't uh, um, sleep or use it uh, uh, to waste it. Don't waste it. And in the first and last periods of the night as well. So in the... Uh, uh, the beginning period and the end, 
last period of the night uh, should be used for going for, for virtue as well. It says, sleep between these periods with mindfulness, not wasting even the time of sleep. So going for virtue, having the appropriate motivation uh, before going to sleep so that the time of sleep isn't wasted. Вот тоже важно. Вот да, не не делю вот это зрение, не не никогда глазу туда не было. So if we're careful at the time of sleep, then we'll have the ability to uh, have a virtue, uh, accumulate virtue through that entire time. Вот же вот тоже надо есть, не марбе, да, да не так гондал, да не не не галам, да кабат мато, не кабат чуворс, кабат чуд не не ворес. Не не делю это не Ale, ale, a kamba, a gamba. Okay, two chin. So here at the um, time of sleep, it says that first one should wash uh, one's feet, uh, clean one's feet very well, um, and then adopt the uh, lion's posture. Uh, so one should uh, lie down in the lion's posture, which is the posture that uh, Buddha took on uh, before passing into nirvana. Uh, so this is called the lion's posture. Yeah. So it's uh, important uh, that we uh, utilize these to different times appropriately. We have a lot of time spent eating and drinking and a lot of times uh, sleeping. Uh, so if we uh, um, can go for virtue during these times, there's a lot of opportunity there. So if we're drinking orange juice or we're drinking tea or eating, uh, if we can make an offering during these times, then we'll accu excuse me, accumulate large amounts of virtue. <laughs>
So the next section says, uh, in, in English now, we're going into the book now, page 107, uh, and it says, right, I think it's the last, last paragraph, it says, there are four kinds of thoughts with which uh, to fall asleep. So there are four important thoughts to have um, before going to sleep. So first is that it says the idea of illumination. First, apprehend an image of light and then sleep while imagining the light. Uh, thereby, when you fall asleep, darkness will not arise in your mind. Here, this word darkness, again, is the word mupa, uh, which is the same mu and timu, which is delusion. So it's, this darkness is, uh, uh, is like a deluded uh, state. A, uh, so this dark mind is referring to deluded mind. Um, and here, imagining light... Uh, one could imagine uh, any kind of uh, illumination or, for instance, the moon. Think about the moon itself, uh, which gives off light. Um, so by doing so, by thinking of this uh, illumination, uh, the delusion or a deluded mind won't occur. Uh, next is mindfulness. It says, mindfulness, this arises from having heard, thought, and meditated on meaningful, virtuous teachings. Pursue this practice until you have fallen asleep. By this means, even when you are asleep, your mind will continue to engage in the teachings, just as though you are not asleep. In short, you will sustain your virtuous practice even when you are asleep. Uh, so here, uh, when we look at the categories of action, virtue, non-virtue, and that which has not been pronounced in Scripture, or that which is neutral, and we're speaking of uh, accumulating a virtue, uh, virtuous action or virtuous activity. Um, and if we um, think of virtuous things before we go to sleep, then our entire night's sleep becomes a virtuous activity. Uh, so it depends on one's own capacity what one is thinking about, um, but there are these three types of wisdom. The wisdom that arises from hearing, the wisdom that arises from contemplation or analysis, and then the wisdom that arises from meditation. So if we look at uh, the um, reliance upon the spiritual friend or uh, uh, guru devotion, um, it's translated as a reliance upon a teacher, um, uh, um, we 
can first hear about this. Uh, so this is the wisdom arisen from hearing. So we receive the teaching, the explanations, and we start to understand it from hearing it. And then we analyze it ourselves. And then this is the wisdom arisen from contemplation or analysis. And then we experience it uh, through meditation. To, uh, and this is the wisdom arisen through meditation. And we can apply that same uh, those wisdoms to any subjects depending on our own capacities. So before we go to sleep, if we engage in this introspection uh, and we practice according to whatever our own uh, um, capacity relative to Dharma is, then our entire night's sleep will continue uh, to be that practice uh, af even after we've fallen asleep. So uh, if we're uh, meditating upon or, uh, or thinking about reliance upon the teacher uh, or thinking about renunciation, the desire to definitely emerge, uh, or we're thinking about the mind that aspires to enlightenment or bodhicitta, um, then once we've fallen asleep, our, the rest of our sleep is, continues to be on that topic and be, continues to be virtue. Uh, so that's why it's important to, at the time of sleep, have this mindfulness uh, and think about the teachings and think about uh, where we're at uh, relative to them so that we can sustain our uh, meditation through our night's sleep. What so, looking at uh, virtue and non-virtue or virtue and misdeeds, uh, we can guide our entire night's sleep in the direction of virtue uh, if we, um, according to our own abilities at the time of sleep, uh, are engaging in this mindfulness and thinking about uh, um, different topics depending our, on our own capacity, thinking of the mind that aspires to enlightenment or renunciation, the desire to definitely emerge, or love and compassion are the four immeasurables. Uh, whatever it is, uh, um, uh, that, uh, um, whatever dharma we're currently practicing, uh, we should think about at the time of sleep so it carries uh, on through our entire night's sleep. What is about what did Jamba Jumba Yina? So, if one engages in this practice, uh, when he or she falls asleep in the midst of engaging in these teachings, then the, the actual meditation carries on, uh, even when one is asleep. So, this, the sustained virtuous practice goes on uh, once one falls uh, into sleep. What that the 
The next is vigilance, uh, vigilance of making sure, uh, cultivating the mindfulness and checking to see if attachment is arising or aversion or hatred is arising. So being vigilant relative to this uh, mindfulness. Okay, so it's just switched around in the book, that's all. Okay, so uh, the third is vigilance. While you cultivate mindfulness in this way, any of the afflictions could arise. If any of them does, you notice it and eliminate it rather than acquiesce to it. Then the fourth is the idea of arising, and there are three aspects. Do not let your mind sleep, slip into a state of being completely overwhelmed by sleep. Uh, instead, sleep very lightly like a deer with a mind imbued with joyous perseverance. This will prevent heavy sleep, and you will be awakened without oversleeping. Second, think I will always practice staying awake as the Buddha taught, and then with great effort develop an aspiration to this end. With this, uh, your sleep will not deviate from the sleep of a lion, which I'm going to just read this whole uh, um, stanza here, this whole paragraph, which the Buddha permitted. Third, think, just as I joyously persevered at cultivating virtue and not sleeping today, I will do the same tomorrow as well. This will prevent breaking the continuity of your aspiration to cultivate virtue. Even if you forget your aspiration, always work uh, to make it stronger. Jesus. Huh? So here, the, the vigilance here is saying, are there afflictions arising? Uh, and it's uh, that second noble truth uh, where the Buddha stated that origin is to be abandoned. Uh, that one is checking to see if afflictions are arising and abandoning them uh, if they are. Okay, so 
So here, uh, commentary on this, it says, don't let the mind uh, slip into a state of being completely overwhelmed by sleep. Be like a a deer that's always uh, um, ready to rise. Um, So before going to sleep, one should uh, think that, oh, tomorrow I will get up very early uh, and I'll practice Dharma um, so that one's sleep isn't so heavy uh, and uh, one quickly gets up. Many animals uh, have to sleep very lightly because they're always concerned that uh, another wild animal will come uh, to eat them. Uh, Maybe a a small animal, an eagle, will arrive to eat them, or a a deer, in this case, has to worry about a tiger uh, showing up to eat it. Uh, So there's always uh, this uh, fear uh, um, that keeps the deer uh, kind of sleeping very lightly, or a wild animal sleeping very lightly. So... Uh, one should um, uh, sleep very lightly uh, with this mind that's permeated uh, with virtue, uh, uh, virtuous, uh, um, uh, with a virtuous state. Uh, and here it says, uh, um, imbued with joyous perseverance. Uh, so finding joy in doing virtue. Uh, so one should uh, go to sleep with this, this mind in this <coughs> state, and it's here compared to uh, um, a deer. So it says then uh, um, this will prevent heavy sleep and you will be able to awaken without oversleeping. And the second is that uh, I will always practice staying awake as the Buddha taught and then with great effort develop an aspiration to this end. With this your sleep will not deviate from the sleep of a lion which the Buddha permitted. Uh, So here this is uh, um, talking about uh, um, taking on the lion's posture 
uh, when one is sleeping. Uh, and this is the posture that <coughs> went into uh, before passing into nirvana. Uh, and, the, uh, and the reason for this is uh, those already mentioned great qualities or natures of this lion's posture uh, um, that help one uh, sleep to uh, remain uh, um, uh, virtuous. So uh, this is the, the second category. <coughs> So there's a lot of uh, cookies and so forth. So uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, if anyone who use, needs to use the restroom, please do. People not deviate. Wait a second. Wait. So here, this lion's posture uh, um, that is being spoken of is referring to lying on one's right side with one's right hand underneath the head, propping it up, with one's left leg on top of his <coughs> right leg with the left palm facing downward on the left leg. So, did I say all that? I just said it all. Right. The right side, right hand holding the head up. Left hand on left leg, left leg on top of right leg. So that's the lion's posture. What the chilla me kusundwa? That ne daen dijitroa. Sumba jeta dagis. That seng seng na chilla me wani gor. That sumba dale jeta dagi ti manya watan. ギーチュラツンベドバ、ジャベドバタラ。あの、サンヤタタシャオニャド。あ、タリンゲ、マニバチチュヤクドバニ。あの、ゲソニアテチゲニサバソンソンバです。ソンソンバニノオテクワチブ
So um, here, this will prevent breaking the continuity of your aspiration to cultivate uh, virtue, even if you forget your aspiration, always work to make it stronger. So here, the, this third is to um, um, think that just as I have not um, engaged in uh, these uh, inappropriate activities around sleeping today, I'll do the same tomorrow. Um, and, and, and by doing so, I'll continuously cultivate virtue. So the reason for this is to make sure that there is a, a continuity or a continuous virtue being cultivated that uh, this um, uh, it's a, it, it doesn't break uh, this continuity, um, and it says even if you forget your uh, aspiration, always work to make it stronger. So one isn't uh, satisfied; one is constantly uh, growing this aspiration, making it stronger and more and more firm. <laughs> ね、<音楽><音楽> Conducting yourself in this way while eating and sleeping involves no misdeeds. So this is the proper way to conduct oneself while eating and sleeping. Since acting purposefully in this manner will clearly stop you from wasting so much of your life, I have explained it as the noble Asanga cited, uh, citing sutra determined it to be. So Asanga, um, going to the source material of the sutras, um, um, found all of this information to be correct, and this is where Jay Rinpoche is derived, getting his information from, from Lord Asanga, who got the information from the great sutras. Uh, so uh, Jay Rinpoche is citing the source material uh, for this information. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all of this information that has just been given uh, carries through 
through all of the practices that are going to be contained uh, uh, from here onward, or the six preparations and so forth, all of the practices would be uh, um, um, done in the way that is described with this mindfulness described in this section. So here it says, everything that I have said here about how to act before, during, after, and between sessions applies to all meditations described from here through and including the section on insight. Um, so this, the special insight sight section at the end of the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment uh, um, is what's being referred to here. So from here to that section, uh, so uh, the various sections that have within it uh, the, the six perfections, the perfection of generosity, perfection of ethics, uh, um, calm abiding, special insight, uh, bodhicitta, all of these things, uh, um, and meditative topics that are found uh, later on um, are, are um, engaged in in the same way that uh, is being mentioned here. So this uh, interest, this mindfulness, this practice that's mentioned here uh, is applied to all of the teachings from here on. Mm-hmm. So if uh, whatever uh, practice uh, one is engaging in, all of these uh, um, um, teachings have to be applied to those practices. So the restraining the sensory faculties and acting vigilantly and the appropriate diet and the appropriate sleep, all of these things are applied uh, to whatever uh, one practice one is engaging in. If one is in, uh, engaging in the practice of that all compounded phenomena uh, um, are impermanent, all contaminated phenomena are suffering, um, all uh, phenomena are empty and selfless. So these four uh, thoughts, these uh, four, or, or if one is meditating on the 16 aspects of the Four Noble Truths, uh, the four aspects of the four. Um, um, any among these uh, uh, practices uh, require uh, this basis just mentioned. So if, uh, when we look at the section on uh, uh, the, uh, the sustaining the meditation on uh, relying on a spiritual friend, there's that first section that's how to sustain the actual meditation and then refuting misconceptions about the meditation. So uh, once the refuting uh, misconceptions about the meditation session has concluded, then the section on reliance upon the spiritual uh, teacher is concluded, is finished. (laughs) 
çevundu cümün yapacağı şey olmaz. Nötrü nötrü şöylesi. Kebala çevundu cümün iyi var mı? Kebala çevundu cümün iyi var mı? Otuzlarına diyoruz. İbadet yasarı. Daha sonra da kuvvetli doçunuyordunuz. Kelim kabas. Kuvvetli cümün iyi var mı? Kebala çevundu cümün iyi var mı? Sonra ダトンボトンボテトンボテレンドアトンボチョンシュテラロトガバロトガバテラシドシェトガバテラシタンシェンデシェチェタトンボテデチェイコマハシャンタンネチェタオカシガバインシェタオネメバインシェケカシソロ
Moreover, repeated analysis will prevent you from future attainment of Buddhahood because con conceptual thought apprehends signs of true um, existence. So here this is very similar to Hashan's view uh, where he stated that uh, whether it's virtue or non-virtue, uh, uh, if there is analysis, if there's thought, it does not matter because it's all conceptuality and if it's conceptuality, uh, whether it's virtue or non-virtue, it is necessarily grasping at true establishment. Um, and grasping at true establishment is the root of cyclic existence, therefore, uh, um, this is actually a cause for samsara. Um, so, um, there is a, a, he refutes the idea that wisdom arises from um, uh, um, uh, hearing, and then uh, wisdom arises from uh, contemplation or analysis, and then the wisdom that arises uh, um, uh, from meditation. Uh, he refutes that there is a cause and effect relationship uh, with all of these, that the wisdom arises from hearing causes the wisdom that arises from contemplation, which is its result. And the wisdom uh, arise, arisen from contemplation uh, produces the wisdom uh, arisen from meditation, which is its result. Uh, so here, if we look at the Maitreya's ornament for the Mahayana Sutras, it explains that there is this cause and effect relationship uh, between um, an, uh, analysis and uh, meditation, and actual uh, meditative realization. Um, so, uh, Hashan stated that all thoughts um, um, were negative because they were grasping, uh, and that if one is bit by a black dog uh, or a white dog, it doesn't really matter because there is a bite going on in either way. Uh, and then if uh, there is a white cloud in the sky or a dark cloud in the sky, it doesn't really matter if it's white or if it's dark because both of them cover the sun. Um, so here, Hashan was asserting that conceptuality, that analysis um, was actually um, uh, caused one not to achieve uh, realization. Uh, and this is the first uh, misconception that is uh, refuted um, because uh, in the, this tradition, um, it's stated that um, uh, analysis is necessary uh, in order to arrive at um, uh, this non-conceptual awareness. So there is uh, um, uh, this idea of utilizing both analysis and uh, um, single-pointed concentration uh, um, um, that's necessary. And then uh, another fault that has to be abandoned is the fault of thinking that just analysis is enough um, and that uh, um, analysis for the point of scholarship uh, um, alone is the reason uh, for or scholastic aptitude or to become a scholar. Analysis alone is sufficient um, because it, it's necessary to also have uh, that single-pointed concentration uh, that it's coupled with. Um, so um, it, it's, it, it's refuting this idea that um, analysis um, isn't necessary and then refuting also the idea that only analysis isn't enough. Um, so um, we'll go through the other ones, uh, as Rinpoche said later on, as we go through the text. Um, and Rinpoche wanted me to explain that this first section is referring to that view of Hashan, uh, where um, thought and conceptuality uh, plays no role in meditation and how that's an incorrect idea. What the Hashan Chosen the
<laughs> so there was this, uh, this is during the time of uh, when the Tsayik Sulakong, the great Tsayik Sulakong was made uh, during the time of Trisun Detson when he invited uh, Padmasambhava and Chandrashita uh, and this Nalanda tradition was established. Um, and during this time, Hashan came uh, and many Chinese uh, monks uh, were his followers and he asserted this view that emptiness was just clearing the mind of thought. That it was just sitting and thinking blank, uh, blank, uh, freeing the mind of all thought, and that this is in some way meditation upon uh, emptiness. And that anything else uh, where there was conceptuality involved was actually an opponent to realization. Um, and that, um, uh, again, the idea that if a, a white cloud or a dark cloud both covers the sun, virtue or non-virtuous thought uh, is necessarily grasping a true establishment, therefore it is an opponent to uh, actual meditation and therefore is not meditation. So um, uh, this uh, um, uh, idea um, was actually an incorrect idea, but Hashan was a great scholar uh, in many aspects of uh, the, the different sutras and so forth. So uh, the, um, it was eventually um, negate, the view was eventually negated but monks had a very difficult time negating it because of the fact that he had such a keen awareness or understanding of all of the sutras. But he obviously didn't have a keen understanding and awareness of Maitreya's ornament to the Mahayana sutras. He said, but Hashan had so much to say and, and assert, and the Tibetans couldn't refute what he was saying. And then they uh, invited Kamala Shila from uh, India, and he came and debated Hashan. And he stopped Hashan's views. So here, this section is a negation of that Hashan view. Uh, so not only Hashan's view, any views that are similar to what Hashan was asserting, it's a negation of. So it's not just a negation of that one view, anything that's even similar to that view is being negated here. And again, it's a view of uh, emptying the mind, no thoughts, any thoughts are bad uh, and, and, and negative. And so then, uh, near the Tsayik Sulukong, this uh, mo monastery was created for Chinese monks that Hashan created. So it was in this area. <laughs> His idea was you can't think. You don't want to think of anything. Just empty the mind. What the God is that? So here it's uh, that's refuted. That so the 
So here, uh, this view that uh, Hashan held was that um, uh, analytical meditation is not meditation, that only uh, stabilizing uh, meditation was um, what was to be done, and that uh, if we look at um, all of the thoughts contained in the six treatises on the middle way uh, by Aryana Garjana, um, and the um, five texts of uh, um, uh, Asanga, uh, and the six um, um, treatises of, Ma six works of Maitreya, all of the pronouncements in the Kangjur of Lord Buddha, and the <coughs> commentaries in the Tanjur, uh, if we... Um, um, uh, it, it, all of these subjects are of no uh, are, are of no need um, 
according to the Hashan view, because they all are thought and they are all are conceptual. Um, so the only um, uh, um, stabilizing meditation is necessary. Um, and it says, for repeated analysis without, uh, <coughs> with discerning wisdom is <coughs> study and reflection. So there's not this idea of process to realization that Hashan has. And uh, it says, moreover, repeated analysis will prevent you from uh, future attainment of Buddhahood because conceptual thought apprehends signs of true existence. So this uh, thinking again and again about anything, any kind of conceptual thought according to this view is necessarily um, uh, grasping a true establishment and therefore is necessarily um, um, a, a hindrance or an obstacle uh, to achieving a <coughs> stabilization. And then Lama Tsongkhapa uh, replies by saying, this is the nonsensical chatter of someone who is utterly ignorant of the crucial points of practice. Uh, for Maitreya's ornament for the Mahayana states, um, and it says here, uh, proper attention is based upon prior uh, uh, study. Sublime wisdom, which takes reality as its object, arises from cultivation uh, of proper attention. And here, this is referring to the cause and effect relationship between the wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and then the wisdom arisen from meditation. So all of the, this here means that uh, um, um, hearing causes contemplation, contemplation causes um, um, uh, meditation uh, or realization, and they, they, these are uh, uh, related to each other in a cause and effect way. Uh, so here this is a, an abandonment or a negation of the idea that um, uh, thinking is a hindrance or an obstacle. So if we're learning anything in school, uh, we need to first have a teacher who explains it to us. And then we uh, think about what they've explained to us, we contemplate it, uh, and then we understand it more, and then we just know it. It becomes part of our uh, something that we know. So this is similar to the wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and the wisdom arisen from meditation or uh, experience or meditation or experience. Um, so it's almost as if in this view, Hashan's saying that uh, if you um, want to learn in school or the alphabet, for instance, it's not necessary to listen or contemplate it. You just uh, will know it. Um, so uh, here, uh, that it's similar to, to saying that, that you could arrive at uh, meditation without um, having this prior understanding. Um, so here that, that idea is negated um, with an emphasis on the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, the ornament for the Mahayana Sutras. So that, uh, um, that's what's meant by refuting misconceptions, uh, and this is one, the first section of it, uh, and then later we'll go over more, um, uh, more about misconceptions and the other ones that follow. And after we go through the four, then the um, reliance upon the teacher section is finished. And then we arrive at the human life of leisure and endowment, I believe.
human, I'll say it real slow in case I'm wrong, yeah, human life of uh, leisure and opportunity. Decent. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are finished for today. We'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayers. Thank you everyone for coming. And afterwards, uh, I believe we have the um, uh, member, all members meeting, uh, uh, yearly annual all members meeting for anybody who would like yeah, to stick everybody around. Everybody, please come. Stay. Oh, and also, this Tuesday is the first Tuesday of the month, which means that it's the uh, introduction to Buddhism class. So just keep that in mind as well. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jewel mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Mantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, the small happiness, all-powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may he stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Tensu Mondok, upholder of spiritual realization doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Chris Natsu Kabadansan, Chris Shimi Nalu, Dane Susan Kong Lei Tumas, Menkan Nadeiru, 